Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and thank you for joining me on this sports podcast. Today's topics are special ones. So we got the return of the panda, Ian Dunn, back to discuss a lot. The tennis world is uh, buzzing over the Labor Cup. We talk about Team Europe's third straight title, Federer and Nadal getting after it, what we like, what we didn't, and uh, all the drama that took place on Sunday. Macaro brothers were upset. Kyrgios uh, did not play, but there was still a lot to uh, digest. We break that down. We talk a little postseason baseball as that's on tap in uh, just over a week now. We break down that as well as another NFL Sunday, which saw both of our teams, the Bucks and the Browns, lose as well. It's Ian Dunn, the Panda, on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, we're talking tennis now at Tennis Channel here in the studio. Nice little podcast setup we got here. We sure do. Ian Dunn, Mitch Michaels. Pleasure, Ian, to get back talking tennis with you couple of things to discuss we're big tennis guys there's all majors there's big tournaments yep. but what the labor cup's done in the last couple of years has really gotten fans casual and diehards kind of more hooked it's been an exhibition but even though europe's won three straight there's been drama every year yeah. 2019 may have been the best yet i i would have to say 2019 was the best so far i think uh I think it's great for the game. I mean, you see sides of players that you don't normally see. You know, Federer telling Nadal what to do on his forehand. That's... I, <laughs> I mean, what is that? That's amazing. Well, there's a lot to unpack about what's good and maybe what the rest of the tennis tour can learn and take from it. It starts with one thing, and that's the top players have to buy in. Yeah, they all So there's exhibitions there. everywhere. Not just be there, but really care. And that's what I'll remember about these tournaments and this Labor Cup especially. Not just Federer and Nadal coaching each other, not just the world team getting to see a fully engaged Nick Kyrgios, Isner, Milos are also on the bench trying to pump up everybody. But how about giving pump-up speeches? Yeah. And Federer letting the F-bombs fly. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, like I said, it's a side of the players you don't normally see. I mean, they're so stoic on the court. If they if they smash a racket, you wonder what's going through their head. But here you can kind of see teams rally, and you see another side of tennis that, that maybe is captured a little bit in world team tennis, that team vibe. But this just takes it to another level with the top you know, 15, 20 players playing. And it's It's great. It was super fun. It was fun to watch. It was fun to be a part of. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's something that they should continue to try to do moving forward. I think there's a, another layer to unpack here, and that's whether or not you can get a bump from playing well in the Labor Cup. We saw it a little bit with Zverev last year. Maybe we'll see it again with Zverev yeah. this year. But these players, Taylor Fritz is a name that comes to mind, had a really good Labor Cup showing. Won a huge match. Huge, huge match, match. Lost the tight one early, bounced back. Sitsipas, who... Kind of got hazed a little bit, as you pointed out. It was he was the rookie on yeah, team on Team Europe. So, uh, I think there is something to be said there. It's good to see that everybody buys in and that these players want to be there. We, we talk about how long the schedule is. I mean, it is very yeah. easy to say, "Look, I just can't do it this year." But I think it's a little harder to do that when Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal sure. are like, "Hey, guys, come on." And, and I think there were a couple players that did. You know, call in and say, "Hey, I'd love to be there, but I got to focus on my stuff." Felix Oje Aliassim was one. He was invited, and said you know, he that's do it, and that's fine with me because, yeah, you know, they're not the huge stars yet. And if you have Federer, if you have Nadal, right? I, I was just going to Nick Kyrgios. I mean, 
I think the Felix thing is a little different. And normally I would say you should probably jump at this opportunity. This is his breakout year, to say the For least. Sure. And you have to be careful with the schedule and, and yeah. doing it big this time, especially he would be clearly the youngest player on the team. Definitely. Um, you know, the, the world team almost winning it oh, maybe two so of the close, last three yeah. years. They get, they've gotten a little unlucky. They don't have the depth pool. I mean, you're not going to be the most talented team, regardless of who you play when the other team's got Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, yeah, Sierra, Fred who you have. Del Pocho's injury. Felix not able to play some other names. It just didn't. The schedules yeah. wouldn't align with the injury factor. So but it didn't matter in the end. I mean, it came down to the last match. Do you like the scoring system? Like the one, two, three format in terms of days mattering the most? Sunday being the most important? I think it... It definitely keeps you interested because, you know, day one, if you go down big, hey, day two, you could be in the lead after two matches, you know. Mm -hmm. And day three, all those matches are big. It makes double seem so much bigger. Mm -hmm. I I think it was great. I enjoyed, you know, the one point, two point, three point thing that they were doing. I think it worked well, especially, you know, I'm not a big math guy. Clearly. (laughs) But, I, you know, it helped. It was like, oh, they only need 13 points. If they win this match, they only have to win one more after that. And I, I thought it was really interesting. Like the live scoreboard updates where it's like Europe has this, this matches <laughs> yeah, with this. Yeah. It wasn't, and it's funny, I was thinking two years ago when Federer beat Kyrgios, if Kyrgios would have won that match, it would have been dead even. Yeah. The way the math worked out, they would have had to play one double set. Yeah. But this year, it just broke to where, okay, Zverev versus Milos yeah, did all. Yeah, the math added up differently. And, I mean, if you kind of look at the, the matches from the first day, Chapo and Fritz were up in both of their matches that, USA could have been up 7-5 instead of down 7-5 going into day three, which would have been a much bigger deal, only I, having to win those two matches that they ended up winning anyway. I think that being the, the setup of two sets, like double scoring, like two sets and then a match tiebreak, yeah. helps the less talented team, the team that so. might not. So you're always in a tighter fight, and you win one set, you're automatically yeah. worse than a tiebreak, and then anything could happen. Uh, the one guy that didn't really have a good showing for Europe was Fognini. <sighs> Fabio. Yikes. <laughs> Losing to Jack Sock, who wins his first match in, I don't think it was a decade. I think it was a year, but it felt like that. Just about a year, yeah. Fognini's an erratic player. Not surprised he loses to anybody. Also not surprised that in a match where every point is important because there's only two sets in a match tiebreak, yeah. you lose a set, you start playing bad early, it could really snowball for you. It really gets out of control. And I think one thing you brought up, it's interesting the way the match tiebreak at the end works out because if you're the player that loses the first set, all of a sudden you don't have to feel like you're way out of the match. You no. have to come back and win two whole more sets to win. Yeah. You just got to get, just got to win one more set. Just right. win one set and who knows what happens at the match tiebreak. Saw a lot of... Um we saw a lot of that, I think, where this, there were some lopsided sets in matches that went to match tie breaks where this person just rebounded. Fritz was one of those that just rolled Sitsipas in the second set, lost yeah. a tight match tie break, which goes to show you, too, when it goes to 10 in a match tie break, it's a lot different. He was up 5 Mini one. breaks don't mean anything. There's a ton five of mini. Up 5-1 and he loses. ton That's... of mini breaks in that one as well. Um, you know, and you, you heard guys like Federer and Nadal saying, like, two Sitsipas, I remember hearing directly, like, Play your glove. We'll see how he comes out. Don't yeah. take any undue so chances. So he played great in the first. Like just see what just see what happens. You know, and that's what was cool about having Federer, Nadal, Borg, McEnroe, all these guys. Kyrgios, all of a sudden, day three became a, an amazing. Well, I want to. I want to get. I want to get to. I want to get to day three because that was huge. Ian Dunn, Mitch Michaels here talking Labor Cup. Um, it wasn't this fairy tale tournament in the sense that everything happened without a hitch. The spirit of competition. It was great. They bought in. 
day three got a little tense. It and it did. started, well, depending on who you believe, it either started Saturday <laughs> night or early yeah. Sunday morning. But there was the issue of Nadal not playing. Yes. He pulled out Riff's information, and look, no one's saying he has to play. I mean, let's be real. This guy's sure. got 19 it's, grand slams, an exhibition. And, it, and it is an the exhibition. The day before, he did have his hand taped, so there was a little speculation. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the issue was World Team didn't get notified officially but they saw team in a full warm up the, right when they got to the arena before yes, anything had been exactly. said. Exactly. And, and he, the yeah. way the Labor Cup is set up, I think the team that's trailing is supposed to have or the team the home team gets to pick who they who they put on the schedule first. So on the third day, Team World was supposed to have pick of who they played. So Team Europe would put Nadal first. I see. So and because it changed, now all of a sudden team world is putting in a guy they might not have a better record against so they wanted to be able to change their side and they were saying well they're not letting us this and that you know Kyrgios was supposed to play Nadal but that didn't end up happening and Kyrgios was, then was, said his shoulder hurt and you're supposed to play a team who's done pretty well against Kyrgios I guess For sure yeah. so, so all of a sudden the advantage that team world was supposed to have got flipped in team Europe that shoulder injury was classic right oh yeah they, <laughs> they showed video of him warming up like you knew he, he was fine but once they made the switch, I mean, Patrick McEnroe and John McEnroe were mm. mad. They, they were, were pretty upset. upset. Rightfully so, too. I mean, that that's a big advantage that's on a, the last day. That is a technicality, too, where you got to shore up the rule book here, where if a player pulls out, then maybe we just scrap the draw and say, all right, we're, we're doing all new matchups. Yeah, I don't know you how pick- you fix that because, I mean, it could be something. It happens in tennis. It happens in real tournaments with money on the line where yeah. guys wake up and they can't go. I mean, Nadal, it happened at Indian Wells yep. this year. So... Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter that much Fritz because won that Fritz match, came out yeah. and won. I mean, we were all talking like, man, Team World is so upset and, like, they're just going to throw in the towel with this and they're just going to have to move on. They're assuming they're going to lose. And all of a sudden, Fritz comes out and does it. And, I mean, that's, a, like you were saying before, a huge match for Fritz. Huge. It's a big W for against a really good player in a high-intensity tense situation. You know, in, in men's tennis, it's really hard I guess it's easy at the top to say who's had a good year because it's been the same three guys for the last 15 years you're right but it's harder to kind of figure out on the surface who's had great years and Fritz is up there for me because he really made a commitment he's he was like the only American that went over to Europe for the clay court season really worked on his game played well and it it showed you what this three-year run where he's had to break into the top 50 with no points to defend yep second year it's like a pitcher in baseball they've all seen your stuff now They've got the footage of you. To get back up and to get into a career-high ranking, win the title on Eastbourne, I think it was huge for him, and I think this is going to be a launching pad for him going forward. Um, Tennis is confidence. I think he knows he can compete now. He can. I mean, he's, he's at a high level. It, the margins are thin, but they're pretty definitive, so you have sure to are. just... I'd say he's had a great year. I agree. It's up there. Uh, and again, we got to give credit to, to our boy Roger because... He's incredible. I don't think he hasn't lost a singles match at the Labor Cup. No, how could he? I, it's but <laughs> crazy stat for you. Uh, the most points ever scored at a Labor Cup. Most points is in. Oh, I think I know this one. Is it Jack Sock? It's Jack Sock, yeah. the MVP, the dad bod himself. Pretty crazy. I mean, the dad bod. It, it might be. <laughs> it might be going south. The dad bod there for a second. Uh, he does show up. Won the singles match. Is a lock in doubles, which is why I think. One of the biggest points was that Friday doubles match where he lost yeah. to Federer and Zverev. Who would have thought that he'd win a singles point and lose the doubles point? Crazy. Um, but Federer, you never know what's going to happen in the Labor Cup, Mitch. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Federer beats Isner. 
you know, when with his back up against the wall, gives a what I assume is a great pregame speech in a towel, just all out oh, there. Oh yeah, that towel. Like hey, why guys go out and win it? Like why am I the only one in a towel? <laughs> yeah. um, and then the speech to Zverev with uh, Nadal. Yeah, I mean, well. in in between the second and third, when they were coming out for the match tiebreak, Fed Nadal Zverev all ran back. And, you know, we heard Fed swearing as they were running, like, let's do it, let's do it, come on. Stay positive. Yeah, stay positive, stay positive. And when he came back out, Zverev just won, just won it. And said it in his post-game presser, like, they, they were in they my They took ear. him to task. I mean, they. I, I think he said that Federer and Nadal told him, this is how you can turn your year around. Like, you've had a good year, but to have a great year, this can be the launching point for you. Which is great that, you know, these legends can realize – something outside of their own games and outside yeah. of their own experiences that, hey, this guy's been struggling, but we want to win the Laver Cup and you want to become great, this is a chance for you. And that, you don't see that in no. any other tennis match. I just hope for his sake that he takes this going forward and, and doesn't need to be in this environment to do well because there is a bump that can happen. He experienced yeah. it himself last year. But you're not going to have the luxury of fettering it all in your ear. Right. You're going to be out match. on court six, you know. Playing yeah. some some nobody Tommy Tommy Fabs you know yeah Tommy could be playing Fabs Tommy could Fabs. be playing him we love Fabiano we but do. you have Front to go the out show. there and play against all these guys with the same intensity every yeah. time you so you're not going to have your best every day you got to no. win without your best and that's how guys like especially Nadal I mean I, I think nobody wins more no one's won more matches in tennis history when they weren't at their best just found a way than I think for sure because nobody wants to win a singular point more than Rafael Nadal right in any moment of any match he wants to win the next point more than you do. Doesn't it's matter true. who you are. Um, yeah, and I say it as a compliment. That, Absolutely, that just winning matches you're not supposed to. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, how much coaching do you think Borg did this weekend? Uh, I saw. <laughs> Does him he get coached by the word? Does he get paid by the word? <laughs> hey, it's or? fire and ice. <laughs> ice was cold. Why? There was some serious ice. Borg did not say much, but he's not there to say anything. You know, no. he's just Borg. He's he's going to do what he's going to do. You have Federer. He's going to keep you cool. And yeah, I think that it's the dynamic of. Having a guy like Federer, yeah, who could player coach, who basically is a player coach, who will be coaching when he's done playing yeah, in this yeah. tournament, maybe even still playing. Who knows? Yeah, he's, a player. <laughs> he's like he fits the mold of a player coach in old time sports. Uh, but always good to see Rocket there as well, doing the oh, wave, man. having fun. Really cool. The trophy was melted down from a, a couple of his trophies. Huh. And I think it still should be his face, though. Yeah, you, you know, I, I don't hate it, though. I think uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's I like cool. it's a cup, it's cool. and yeah, obviously yeah. you're going to drink out of it because that's what you do. Uh, absolutely. We gotta. We, we don't have the, the uh, champagne drinking power rankings, but some guys didn't score so well. <laughs> no. It's kind of like the QB beer chugging challenge. <laughs> yeah. Some guys are good. Some uh, You got you got yeah. some work to do, young get back and Get back and train on that, my man. Sitsipas, number know. one. It was a, it was the a champagne disgrace to the, the Greek people. Oh, it's uh, it's not what you expect from a Mediterranean no. man like Steffi. Had just seemed to be lost out there in the champagne. Which isn't always a bad thing, but it was in this one. Not when the cameras are on you. So Boston next year for the Laver Cup. Yeah, and coaches I guess are back. Coaches are back, and I guess it's because it's the Olympic year. They don't want to travel too much. I heard that they want to just go U.S. Open right up the road to Boston. Yeah, not bad. I mean, that's that probably gets a lot more players there than normally you would have if you had to travel somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. The Olympics next year is going to be a big change for a lot of these, you know, tournaments. U.S. Open is going to be huge because you're going to have people coming back from Japan and having to get ready for the U.S. Open. Yeah, it's a big one every Older year. folks, especially Federer and Nadal, and then we could talk the women's game, Serena, like the older people are going to have trouble, I think, adapting to 
coming back if they choose to play in the Olympics. There's no lock that all these people are. We're not even sure if Fed's going to play past Wimbledon, remember. Oh, yeah. So He's playing in the Olympics. Of all the ones, he like, has, I mean, he ha- it's the only one he doesn't have. He doesn't and have. it's the Unigoal Olympics. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, probably part of the 300 million he got. I mean, that, that's not a shirt yeah. deal. I think that's fair, right? 300 million and just play in the Olympics. Hey, you got to play for two more years. Okay, Deal. yeah. Um, I think it'll be good. We'll see Kyrgios in a Celtics jersey. Yeah. It'll be fun. I got a question for you, Mitch. Do you think that the WTA should learn from the Labor Cup and try to have something like that for them? Yes, but their struggles are going to be, how do you make it fair? Well, how do you make it balanced? They don't have the, I wouldn't even call it a luxury, the, uh, the talent dis- disparity that Europe versus the world has. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, it could be North America versus the world with Andrescu and this young American talent. Well, maybe they maybe they do it based on age, like how the ATP has the next gen. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe with the with the women they do players over twenty six, mm. and then everybody underneath, and it's yeah. sort of like the old guard versus the new guard, and it's a way to sort of bring new faces mm-hmm. and new champions into the light. I mean, I think that'd be something people would be interested in watching. Yeah, no, I think it's it's definitely got everyone's attention. How many tennis players, man or woman, were saying? We're ca- yeah. We can't get enough of this. Oh, I mean, I loved it. This is a, as a fan, I loved it. It was awesome to see that. Team tennis, when you get the stars to buy in, is great. So we, they found the right medium of exhibition, but not taken like a total joke. For sure, and it, and it seems like most of the guys are trying to go out there and win every single time. They want to have fun, but they also want to win. So they yeah. they want to. They don't want it to be like the mundane job-like behavior of a tournament on the tour, but they don't want to waste their time either. Day three, though, that was there were some intense matches, man. Zverev was throwing rackets. He was yelling at people. Mm-hmm. He was intense, man. Mm-hmm. These guys want to win this. They I do. mean, it's not often they can be a part of a team like that. Well, it's great. Can't yeah. wait for next year. Boston 2020. Boston 2020 should be great. Uh, Ian, done before we, we wrap up this tennis talk, we still got a couple months left. You know, like a month and a half for the men, almost like a full month for the women. Yeah. But why should we, as as I put myself in the person of a normal tennis fan, why should we really be invested? Because all four majors are done. Australia is going to happen in January. It's a time when a lot of people check out from tennis with football and other sports going on. Why should we still be invested? I, these are the, the moments of the year where guys plant the seed for 2020, or plant the seed for the next year. You've got a lot of guys that can still gain a lot of points and maybe sneak into the, the World Tour Finals. And for a lot of players, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's that's one of the bigger tournaments you can do. There's still so much tennis and so many points to be won on the men's and women's sides. There's so many storylines. I mean, you have to yeah. go down to Asia for the Asian swing, and that's not easy down there. I mean, you're not used to flying that far and doing that and going Asian Asian tour, Asian, Asian city, and popping around like that. Mm. And I enjoy it. I mean... You see a lot of first-time champions late in the year. Um, you see a lot of good storylines. I mean, yeah. there's still so much left to watch. Money and ranking points are the two big things there. Big time. And obviously, if you're a professional, you have to worry about both because they're hand-in-hand. Hand. Yep. There's a lot of money out there, especially for those mid-level pros, that this is a chance to really make their earnings and then set themselves up. But the ranking points is equally, if not more important, because you have to finish the year strong. You have to set yourself up going into 2020 with a great set of momentum. Because how many times... Foundation. You know, only it it takes a certain amount of greatness, like a Federer or Nadal, and even a Djokovic, who could just shut it down, Serena, who doesn't like to play. 
and then come back out in Australia like nothing happened. Just be ready to go. Those are the all-time greats. Like, it doesn't work that way for everybody else. And these are big tournaments with a lot at stake. When you go to Asia, these are Masters-level or Premier-level events that these stars want to win because they know what that means for them going forward. Yeah, and I feel like you look at one guy that's had an amazing summer this year, Daniel Medvedev. Last year, went to Tokyo and beat Nishikori in the final in Tokyo. He's a machine, man. I mean, that... The amount of tennis he's played is just unheard of almost it's crazy i mean what is it five or six straight weeks where he's made the final he won another one this week in st petersburg but i think you know japan last year in tokyo winning that tournament set him up for a good 2019 and gave him a foundation of hey i can beat these guys in a hostile environment i'm not scared i can play against anybody and look what he's done this year i mean he's top five in the world it's like two weeks before australia that people actually play if that yeah. Two weeks of competitive tennis, that's not really enough time. Yeah. Brisbane, Sydney, and that's it. You know. And only you'll either play one or the other. You never play both. We're gonna get to see the race for number one. Maybe the race for number one on the men's side if Nadal decides to play and if he might want to catch Joe. Certainly the women's side yeah. is, is up for grabs. And also player of the year for both if the women's side has all these opportunities. Can Andres could keep anyone. it going? Yeah. Will we see Barty make a late push? Hal up one Wimbledon. I mean, there's a lot at stake. So I'm excited, as I know you are. We'll get the ATP finals and WTA finals, yeah, which... Always a great time of the year. Is good. I love those Ron Robin tournaments, too. It's Again, it's, that's good. what's so nice about Laver Cup and these other tournaments, like ATP finals. You see this Ron Robin, something you don't normally see. So Zverev last year looked terrible in his first match at the ATP finals. Got, like, wiped off the court, two and two, something like that. Mm-hmm. Came back and won the event. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's cool about it. It's Players aren't used to losing... And then coming back the next day or the day after and having to play again, so it's a cool it's a cool dynamic. And if you like tennis, this is some of the best time of the year to watch it. I mean, it there's really so is. many players playing, so many great tournaments. I mean, I love the end of the year. The end of the year is great. I would I would say that it almost is how I view the start of the season. It's like end of the year onward because yeah. this is we're getting ready for 2020 already. Big time. It's great. All right, that's going to wrap tennis here. We're going to keep it going, though, on the Money Mitch effect. Absolutely. I noticed, I'm going to just say one thing before we talk football, that Braves hat, feeling pretty good about it? I'm loving it, man. Got to get Freddie Freeman healthy, get the elbow looked at, but me and my dad have a saying, this is the year, and I think... Did <laughs> you guys come is, up with that? Yeah, let's <laughs> come up on it on our own, you know? Would you say that you're feeling very confident of a World Series uh, potential berth, or would you say that that's still kind of a pipe dream? Because at this point, if you lose in the NLCS to the Dodgers, who you lost to last year, yeah. it's still an improvement on the season. Yeah, I think so. I mean... I think you guys match up well pitching-wise, but I don't know that... I'm still not sure it's the year yet. I, th- I still okay. think you're a little ahead of schedule. I would say definitely ahead of schedule. This was the first year the Braves were supposed to compete. You know, last year was magical. It was one of the best seasons right. I've had as a fan. This year has been unreal. What Josh Donaldson has done, what Ronald Acuna has well, done. I mean, that guy. Ozzy Albies, <laughs> Albies is maybe the most underrated player right now. Yeah. The guy's got second most hits in the National League. He's just a machine in every part of the game. So I think this is the year for the Braves. I think that this We're is... We're saying World Series champ year? I'm saying... They have to get the monkey off their back and win one series because they haven't won a playoff it's looking series. looking like the Cardinals right now? It is, and there's mm. a lot There's a lot of history I with the Braves the, and Cardinals. I think the Dodgers would 
<laughs> for bad juju too. Would rather see the Braves again. I think so, but I mean, uh, for at least for the Braves, they haven't won a postseason series or a wild card game mm-hmm. since two thousand and one. That's a long time for a franchise yeah. that had fourteen straight division titles. Yeah, you know. So I think if they can win one series, they can prove to themselves we belong here. And I don't think the Dodgers are as good as they were last year. I also no. don't think that they're going to lose in the first round. So I think it. I think you'll see Braves Dodgers conference championship, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Braves, man. We took two or three from them the last series we played. I like it. I'm I'm all in. This is this is it. He's all oh, in. Hundred well, percent in. I hope we see that series because it'd be pretty competitive. And if you make the World Series, anything can happen. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what team won hundred games, what team won ninety games. Any team can win the World Series once they're in it. I am still sweating out the AL wild card as is. Uh, didn't expect the uh, Twins to set the home run record this crazy, year. Crazy, crazy. They mashed. It's unbelievable. I was watching heavily invested in the last Indians Twins uh, series, which was the Indians' final shot and failed shot when they lost two or three at home. And and the one game they lost was like a five run lead, grand slam to to win it. Twins are good. Indians are going to be battling with the Rays for that second spot. Looks like Oakland's in there pretty safely. Um, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like realistically do it? speaking, I feel like it's a coin flip. I mean, I'd set the odds at basically like twenty five percent to get to the divisional round, and that's like fifty fifty in every one of their yeah. games. Yeah, um, I think they can beat those teams. I still struggle with anybody anybody else. Like the Yankees or Astros are going to be tough to beat, and uh, maybe we'll just see Puig and Reyes start a bench clearing brawl and, <laughs> and, and loosen them up for you guys in the World Series. Hey, I'll take know. it, man. Jeez. It's, uh, it's been a frustrating year with the injuries. I know every team can say that, and it's not a, an excuse, but when it's pitching, when it's a guy like Kluber that hasn't pitched, Carrasco obviously went through what he went through. Uh, it just hasn't been there. Uh, they make the trade Bauer for Puig and Reyes coming over and a couple of other pieces. Yeah. Same old, same old with the Indians. Got to hit at the bottom of the lineup. Kipnis out now for the, probably the rest of the year as well. So. Has that been the major issue this year is injuries? Yeah, it has. We haven't really hit that well to begin with, uh, but injuries at the starting rotation, yeah. we've kind of had to scramble. Bieber's been amazing. Like, that's just, without him, they're not even anywhere near this position. Sure. But, yeah, they're going to battle. I Are mean, you happy they kept Kluber? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> at this point, it's like I don't regret the decision not to trade him. How do you forecast an injury like this? And, yeah. you know, we'll see. A Yankees, Astros are the favorites, deservedly so. Houston's my pick. I went preseason. It's funny. I said beginning of the year before any baseballs played, Yankees, Cardinals still could happen. And if the Cardinals make the World Series, I'm not watching. Hatred, huh? That's the team. The, the Cardinals. No division are, rivals, no Yankee, Red Sox, hatred. Philly, Phillies, Phillies, Nats, I'm not worried about. I hate the Cardinals. Wow. They. What happened in 2012, I think it was, with the, the infield, infield fly. fly, I will never get over that. And I wish I was at the stadium so I could throw a beer on the field, too. That was BS, man. I'm st- like, Honestly, <laughs> right now, I'm here. raging about it. <laughs> We're raging like, already. Oh, Cardinals. I remember where I was when that happened in St. Louis at the time, and everybody was just like, wow, what a lucky break. <laughs> I, skipped, I skipped my night class in college to go to my buddy's house and watch it. And all my friends were just making fun of me the whole time. And I like, I wanted to throw everything around me. Oh, Rage so mad. Candle. Oh, was, yeah. You don't want to see me mad. Oh. Well, I'd say that the Astros are the are the favorite, deservedly so, with how they can pitch. If it's Astros, Braves, I don't expect a lot of runs. 
I don't know, man. The Again, I'm biased because I've watched probably 130 mm-hmm. Braves games this year. Shout out MLB TV. There you go. Love it. Um, the Braves offense is nothing to sneeze at. Man. No, it's, I know. It's I know. good. There are, there are three dudes there with a legitimate chance to have 40 homers. Yeah. It should only be the second time in the history of baseball. How did they, and I'm just asking, how did they hit in the Dodgers series last year? Being not, the first playoff not series. Not good. I was so there that's game you would, one. That's where you kind of worry a little bit like, okay. I mean, but but they the hit Indians those players. same guys in in the, the last series they had in Atlanta, and they took two or three. Okay. And, I mean, this Braves team is a lot different than the one last year. Much deeper pitching, much deeper offense. I think could be the year. I think I think they're better than the Dodgers, honestly. I think they have a better team than the Dodgers cast of characters where you're hoping some random dude shows up. <laughs> you know, you have Cody Bellinger, you've got Muncie, you've got these dudes, but Right. I, I hear what you're saying. Who's your pitching? Kenley Jansen's not no, Kenley Jansen. The bullpen's the issue. But They've been there and they've performed until the World Series pretty well. So well, Ryu, they fought. They faced Ryu twice. The first time he shut him out. Yeah, I was at that game too. Uh-huh. Not fun. No. the The last time Ryu pitched, they tagged him for about five runs, I think. And the Braves have been destroying left-handed pitching all year. I think they have the most NL wins against left-handed pitching this year. And the Dodgers don't scare me as much as they did last year. That's all I'm saying as a Braves fan. The Dodgers do not scare <laughs> me. Got to get through the Cardinals first, though. <laughs> Got to get through the Cardinals. And <laughs> just, just saying that right now, but we'll see what happens when the lights are bright. Took four or six from the Cardinals this year, so I'm not worried. <laughs> Doesn't mean everything. We all know that. All right, uh, Money Mitch effect. I do want to talk football before we before we wrap oh, pro yeah. football. We're but we're in pain here. You know, if you it's did a, a familiar pull, start, if you did a pull of the office, most of us have had losing teams, and I don't count the Rams fans because what's a Rams fan? <laughs> no such thing. Uh, I'll get you know we'll we'll talk your squad first, Tampa Bay. Oh man, well, brutal. You, well, you could look back at this spin zone here. You were there when uh, the birth of a legend happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to watch Daniel Jones destroy Temple in the bowl game. So twice, yeah. Danny and Dimes then, is just Danny Dimes shows up. We did. We crushed him in the first half, and the second Saquon Barkley came out of the game, he was a different quarterback. Had he to was be. busting Tampa's D, which had been pretty good the first two games. Cerebral up the middle with those decisions to run, and just some unreal throws. That one touchdown in the corner of the end zone. I, I was. It's it's poise is what you look at when a young he quarterback comes in, when a true rookie especially comes in. Regardless of what what you say about the other team, Tampa's defense is underperformed, but they still got some playmakers on that defense. For sure. He was incredible. Uh, yes, Tampa had the chance to win it at the end. Well, yeah, let's be honest. Tampa, Tampa should have won that game driving down. Jameis had an unbelievable game. What I mean, was the final oh. play? I know that oh, kickers should have made the field goal. We're not having this discussion. I don't understand the clock management. I went and rewatched that, and I was trying to figure out why. So Arians they just in his laid post, up. Yeah, in his post game. He'd already missed kicks earlier in the day. Yeah. So they, they took a delay a game penalty after the long pass to Mike Evans to get him down to, like, the 20 or something yeah. like that. They took a five-yard penalty. And mm. at that point, I was like, oh, it's, it's a little weird. You know, the guy had missed two extra points, one of them blocked. Uh, but he had made the other four kicks that he had. All four field goals went in before that. Super confident going in. But Arian said in the post-game interview, the kick is much easier from five yards back, and he wanted it in the middle. So I don't I don't necessarily well, think gonna... taking any yards away is a good idea, no matter where you are on the field. Yeah, I also don't think you 
you do what you can not to leave it up to the kicker. I know part of that might be you don't trust Jameis not to do something stupid. <laughs> the, I mean, their red zone offense was bad all the la- the whole. Th- but you still have some chances to maybe move the ball, maybe even score a touchdown. I'm just saying, best case scenario, I don't want the kicker to decide a win or a loss directly. True. I also don't want a fumble when I could have kicked a field goal. Right. From a young, inexperienced running back or from, you know, pass-happy Jameis. <laughs> Throwing it to everybody on Just the field. wasting the one Jameis, Jameis solid I mean, game. No, I mean, that was as efficient as he could play. He was good in week two as, a, like, a field general. This week he aired it out. I mean, Janoris Jenkins is not a good I mean, that's the thing. Cornerback. You can't take it all against the Giants because that secondary is yeah. – they got one of the worst defenses in football. Just point blank. And held the Bucks to zero points in the third and three in the fourth. Something like that. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. The turnaround they had. Well, that was sad, uh, as sad as the Browns looked against the Rams on offense. Man, that was an ugly game. I tried to get all my venting out uh, immediately <laughs> after the game, so I'm going to start with the positives. Yeah. Hell of a job by the defense battling. Second string secondary. Stepping up, getting pressure. Miles Garrett still leading the league in sacks. Getting pressure on the Rams, a Super Bowl team a year ago. You lose by a touchdown. You can't feel like you got destroyed. Yeah. Uh, Still a, a bitter loss. The offense. I mean, that's where it's going to come down to the offense, uh, and but, that's but where. But there's playmakers there. Why isn't it clicking? Well, you got to be fair. You got to be fair and say that Baker hasn't played well. That's that's okay. totally fair and understandable. But you have to be, in my opinion, careful not to say, "Oh, he, he's overrated. He he's maybe he was fool's gold last year." It's because amazing the how play fast calling has been atrocious. Yeah. Now, the fourth and nine draw play, everyone's pointed out how stupid that was. Okay, like, <laughs> bad plays happen, I get it. Let's just not focus on that. The end of the game showed you all you need to really see about this game. Chubb was about 23 carries for 90-something yards, solid average. Yeah. They didn't run him once. We had three timeouts with about a minute left. No run there. You didn't run any slants. You basically ran just basically just ran get open in the end zone Baker yeah, taking step yeah. backs and throwing it off of his back foot I think the 12 step dropbacks that they've been doing all year has been a joke Crazy. they don't run as many quick slants you're also playing Aaron Donald who's the best D lineman maybe ever yeah so uh, I just well, you have playmakers like the line's bad why are you dropping back even further I mean Chubb is a really really good running back and you have Odell Beckham Jr I mean that's a great team on any well, for Jarvis any quarterback. Landry. Jarvis Landry. I mean, that's he's a starting wide receiver on any other team. So it it just seems like there are so many playmakers that it's hard to not score points, and yet they find ways to. Well, not it's score the points. Freddie Kitchen show, and I can tell you what's happening right now. Fans aren't happy. No. <laughs> it's it's no. he was a darling hire. That's how quick it changes in Cleveland. W's, man. You need That's all W's. that matters. It's He's an offensive guy. I think he needs to be more of a leader. I, I'm glad that he's taking responsibility, but there's no sentimental victories in the NFL. Yeah, we played the Super Bowl runner-up last year tight. We're still 1-2 and two with yeah. Baltimore up next. Yeah, and Baltimore is no you know, flash in the pan. They're good. So I think that it's going to be a matter of running a tighter ship, still some dumb penalties in there, uh, some penalties that take have been adding to drives and whatnot so he, he's got to shape up yeah baker's got to play better the offense has got to give them something even in that jets game it didn't look that great and the jets are terrible so <laughs> yeah, jets uh are not as bad as the dolphins though so sorry Woo. bet connors if you're out there listening oh Bert, it's man, rough for it's rough for his pop health. those champagne bottles when the last team is uh no longer undefeated lions and uh browns fans are we're going to be welcoming a new member to the club 
Yeah. We'll be welcoming the Dolphins to the 0-16 <laughs> club, I think. I think it's coming. Uh, we, could, we could have the Cardinals in 0-15-1. I don't know if they get in then. I don't know. That's pretty bad, though. If it happens. They'll probably win a few. Uh, I did want to also mention most exciting game of the day to me was Chiefs and Ravens with those quarterback plays. Early, too. That was an early game. Mahomes is Rain. just sick. Like, you don't even <laughs> – you might not even need Tyreek Hill unless you're playing, like, the Patriots or the Super Bowl game. Is it too early to say crown them? Because I think no, Mahomes – it is too early because it's the Patriots are there. And I do think that the Ravens could play a little better. Those are the only teams. Well, that, Ravens played it close the whole. I mean, they they made it, they could, and they could play game. better. Yeah, and they could play sure. better. Uh, but I still think Mahomes right now is the best quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, I don't think it's close. Well, talent and what he can do. There's always Rodgers. I think he's past Rodgers. I think he's that. past Brady. I think but he's you got to make Rogers. plays in the. I mean, Brady's going to make the plays in the big moments. So that's why I think it's yeah. a semantics argument. Well, like, we are forgetting about uh, Jameis Winston, <laughs> the <Yeah>. turnover king. <laughs> Grab leg king. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I thought the NFL was interesting this week. You saw the Cowboys beat up on a bad Dolphins team. They're looking good at 3-0. and Cowboys are 3-0 the- and against bad teams, though. Let's not forget. Yeah. They play who the schedule is in front of them, and they've done well. We'll see what happens when it tightens up. Eagles, though, 1-2, and two, could be looking at 1-3 and three against the revamped Packers team that finally has a defense. Yeah. I don't know how much credit LaForge should be getting. Well, I'll tell you what. the front office for getting these pieces in, but they actually look like they're competent on both sides now. Yeah. Uh, Eagles-wise, I've got, I went to school in Philly, and I have a lot of friends that are Eagles fans, and they are giving up on the season. They, they feel like, wow, we're not good. Everybody's hurt. And it's been really fun for me personally. That's great, isn't it? Just, man, <laughs> you know they sold their souls for that Super Bowl. They have 100 years of bad luck now because they, they, they made a deal with the devil for that Super Bowl victory. He, I, that game against the Falcons, I've never seen a team more depleted offensively oh, than everybody. Every that got play, hurt. but they've had chances play. to win both of these last two games. Yeah, and losing the Lions at home is a tough luck. Two zero and one Lions. We've got some weird undefeated teams this year. Three and zero Niners. Niners. Bills are three and zero. Well, the Niners had an easy, easy couple weeks. Week one against the Bucks, they actually did not play well on the offensive side. But Jameis yeah, threw two pick sixes. Bengals and Steelers. <laughs> the the Jameis show. That was the Jameis that show. Was, two pick sixes. Yeah, and that's the thing with Jameis too. I mean, week one he's terrible. Week three he looks unbeatable. That whole division is Jekyll and Hyde because the Falcons, no one can trust them. No, not at all. The Panthers, Allen actually looked really good throwing. Well, Cam the ball. Newton's got a list Frank injury, so they're and not the Saints even sure have Breeze out. Play. What is that? That division went from looking like it could have two, three teams in the playoffs to now nine wins might get it done. Yeah. with all the injuries, which is great for the Bucks. <laughs> I think you're in the mode of, and I, I think Bucks fans, maybe you personally are in the mode of. Let's just write out Jameis and see what happens. Because if it's terrible, let's keep him in there and then get a quarterback. Yeah, if he's year. terrible, then you move on from him. Yeah. The the big issue is going to be he actually plays well. They go 9-7. and seven. They miss the playoffs yeah. because they don't win the division and they lose a tiebreaker to the Packers or the Vikings mm-hmm. at 9-7 and seven because of division play or something like that. And they're like, well, you know what? Jameis did get us nine wins this year. Let's give him a whole <laughs> bunch of money and bring him back for four more years. And then he sucks for four more years, and we're in the same place. So I, I'm i never hoping the Bucks lose or Jameis plays poorly, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. The Bucks are going to go 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and seven, just <laughs> miss the playoffs. I've seen it 100. I saw it with yeah, Josh I've Freeman. I've seen it you know, so many times. It just feels like that's where we're headed this year. I mean, it also feels like we're headed for the Patriots again, too. Don't want to point that out. They <sighs> haven't given up happen? a touchdown this year. 
Oh my god. No touchdowns given up. <laughs> the division's trash. But yeah. New England keeps getting better and they've got the best defense they've had in a very long time, which, which is, is frightening. scary. Yeah. Really scary. I don't know what's gonna happen. I uh, I do know that it's been pretty unpredictable throughout the year. And the last thing I want to say is I've been giving everybody an update each week on my uh, eliminator pool, which yeah. is still alive. Who'd uh, you pick this week? Cowboys was the easy one, but it's a true pool. It's where you can only use a team once each yeah, week. Yeah. So you got to be strategic. So week one was Seahawks barely survived. I did week barely, one Seahawks as barely well. Barely survived yeah. that one. Week two went Ravens over Cardinals, got them out of the way. Okay. Week three Cowboys. A lot of people are looking at Rams Bucks as a potential game. I'll be there. I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to use the Rams yet. I know it's more of a diss at the Bucks. There's a team I'm looking at. It might be a little bit of a gamble, but I like to gamble, as you know. Please, Colts Raiders. Interesting. Colts Week Four have looked really good through three weeks. Could be three and zero. Could be three and zero. Lost that tight one to. Uh, or yeah. Lost that tight one to the Chargers. Yeah. That's interesting. I think the Raiders. They they were there. Win the week. How many times have we seen the team win the late night week one Monday night at football? Oh, everything's great. And then look bad. They got blown out by a Vikings team. We're not sure is that good. Yep. They look pretty disinterested. I think I'm going to go Colts. Well, an update to uh, to my survivor pool. It's over because I picked the Bucks over the Giants okay. this past week. <laughs> you got you know, there's there's certain rules that I follow, and I don't think you follow any rules, just in general. And uh, one life, one yeah. being and then survivor pools. You know, divisional matchups try to stay away from, except for the Dolphins and, and Jets are adding a new wrinkle to that yeah. amendment there. But when you get a new QB starting, it's dangerous. Like, you really, I mean, they might be really good. That, that's I saw a great stat that was every team other than the Bucks against a first-time starter in the NFL have, like, a 70% winning percentage. The Bucks are, like, 2-18 and 18 in the last, think, like, 10 years. I think my third rule is just don't pick the Bucks. That's I'll actually, that's the just the other rule in the Eliminator oh, pool. I just, oh, I had two entries. Such a winnable game. I had two entries in this one, and, I, of course, I went Browns week one, so I'm down to one entry. But... The strategy behind a true one, I don't really like those. You can pick any team. I know that there's massive upsets that wipe everybody out, but I like yeah, the strategy. Yeah, but it should be of, one team per week. I like the strategy the of it because yeah. you got to just, you know, be, I agree be completely with it. Well, Ian, this was a pleasure. Yeah. See what happens. We're a couple weeks into the football season. Got that. Got some tennis, fall baseball, college football. It's the best time of the year, man. It is the best time of the year. And again, sorry about Temple. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Temple was, you know, uh, they beat Maryland. Everyone's like, oh, look at us. Well, quickly, let me tell you what happened in that game. They went up 7 nothing. Next possession, Buffalo fumbles the ball. Temple takes it back for a touchdown. Cleo Mack was not Waved playing. it off. <laughs> Waved it off. Didn't count. I looked at the replay. It looked like a fumble to me. Since that point, the game flipped, and Temple looked terrible. Again, a winnable game. Buffalo's not that good. There's a mediocre effect in college football. When a team's solid, not great, not bad, they tend to lose the week after a big win. Yeah, and that was a big win. That was a huge win. Huge know, win. Maybe top 10 franchise win to beat a top 25 team. Maryland like beats Syracuse, loses the Temple. So, yeah. But by transfer property, you're better than Syracuse, so that's cool. And I think you'll <laughs> see I think you'll see the Owls uh, bring it back the rest of the year. They were picked to come in last place in a lot of polls in their division or in their conference, and they're better than, than people are giving them credit for. Their quarterback's good. It might Russo. be better than Michigan. I don't know. Well, geez. we all knew Michigan was going to lose that game. They almost lost to Army. Come on. We can end on that note. It's always good to see Michigan lose. But Ian yeah. Don, 
and a new studio. Yeah, nice thanks for setup. having me, Mitch. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on, the Money Mitch Effect. All right, huge thanks again to Ian Dunn. Panda coming through is always a good thing. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. Check out the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. A lot to discuss. I'm on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21, and the Facebook page is Money Mitch Effect. Just search it. Pops up. We got everything you need covered there. A lot to break down in the world of sports. I'm happy to do just that. Enjoy another Sunday of football this week. Enjoy some college football as well. And you mentioned it. Lots of tennis still going on, so you're not going to want to miss that. I am Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.